Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, I continue my conversation with Maha Mahadevan, the CEO of Boss Solutions, a company providing technology solutions for ITSM, help desk, and 811 ticket management for the damage prevention industry. In the previous episode, Maha talked about his origin story of how he got into IT and from being a techie, how he became an entrepreneur and how his dream of creating solutions was something that he was able to get the organization to do. He also talked about how getting customers, enhancing solutions by listening to them, as well as how to retain confidence when things may not appear to go the way one would ideally have liked it to have. I asked him about how he built the team. His answer to that and points related to how he bridges the gap between developers and actual users, how he keeps the team motivated, and how, as a company, they sharpened the positioning and chose the industry segments to operate in. We touch upon the impact of scaling as an organization, as well as as a solution that needs to scale to multiple customers. His secret sauce about acquiring and retaining new customers as well as growth is something that he also shares. And finally, his career guidance for mid-career transitions as well as entry level, where he stresses upon the importance of domain expertise and experience in specific industry segments. Listen on. Even now, after many years, sometimes people come and say, your, your brochure is very technical. Mm. Show me the how I will make money or save money uh. or reduce staff. <laughs> okay, doing that. So that's what they want to hear okay. on the business side. So that has been a message that uh, we learned quite a bit. And also, we found that the people we had we had to communicate that value to them, the customer. Mm. And many times, initially, what the people we had were all technical. They were all mm-hmm. the programmers like me and you, and then engineers. Mm. Um, so there are, there are some transition or transformation for us that we have to go through. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, when you have a fairly technical team and yeah. you have aspirations of you know, building these solutions and then engaging customers and all that. Yeah. And we also talked about the ups and downs or the probably initial uh, barriers that one has to get over you know, in order to get sales and customers. How mm-hmm. did you keep your team together? How did the team also kind of buy into this and get excited by this? Of course, we had a very highly motivated set of people, even though they were not really qualified to do the kind of selling that I talked to you about, but they were all motivated, ready, ready to work hard. So some of them, some of them are still with us. I mean, a couple of people are still working with us, uh, continuing to work with us because um, they, 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 they were right from the beginning, involved in our product development, everything. But 
on the on the sales side we made a lot of changes over the years mm-hmm. we had to have new people we had to go through several sets of training mm. and then uh, uh, we also had to uh, bifurcate the functions like sales pre sales technical so those are things that we 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 got to do to as we continue to continue to grow but the team the team was motivated but i will also tell you that uh, we had a what do you call it, putting the cart before the horse we had a bigger team than the than the business we could produce mm. so at some point you had to cut down some people also it was hard doing that mm. in 2001 when the market was really slow and everything mm. so those are all kinds of some of the downside of being an entrepreneur uh, when you have people working with you for a long time and finally you had to say that had to cut down that's very there's a very uh, some side events of the of the running a business now the shift from let's say the staff augmentation or the services to products mm-hmm. uh, you also mentioned the need to understand you know the customers mm-hmm. and the business and their language and all that yeah so how do you enable your engineers to get the same kind of an understanding and what we otherwise sometimes call as the empathy for the users and customers right so when you are building something yeah, yeah. for someone whom you have not met mm. or seen mm. Mm. what are some ways in which that can be you know got yeah but that actually is not done by the engineer right of course the way we are doing it right now they don't they, the people who actually actually develop they don't talk to them uh young customers mm-hmm. but we have of course the product management team or the product mm-hmm. management uh, director and uh, the people who do the customer support customer implementation mm-hmm. they get the feedback from okay. the customers mm-hmm. uh, so uh, and then they give feedback to the development uh, team mm-hmm. and they plan the future enhancements and everything mm-hmm. okay so um, understanding what the customer needs that is communicated to them maybe through two levels then we also go for of course trade shows mm-hmm. can meet with prospects then we also have the ability for customers to give us constant feedback saying that everything is working well but i want this kind of capital because i am having facing this problem mm. so sometimes we listen to them and say that well to solve the problem i have a better way of doing it do you, do you like that better mm. said so, yes let's go ahead and go ahead and do that so sometimes so we plan our product enhancement based on the customer feedback and of course based on our availability of resources and everything the actual developers don't necessarily deal with the end customer okay. but we we have some ways of communicating back to them but but when we when we sell or make presentation to customers mm-hmm. that's when we learn mm. how this is going to help them not help them or maybe we can do something different to provide them more value so that that's a continuous learning from the the presentations we give customer feedback mm-hmm. trade shows everything on on it's a continuous process for us yeah mm. you also indicated that uh, one of your solutions is in a fairly competitive space yeah how yes. do you stay ahead where do you well, get ideas to okay i, w- I will say that um, initially okay when we started maybe something when we started selling our products and solutions right the, pro- the products mm-hmm. we started approaching big customers like mm. i want to delta airlines maybe, maybe uh, belsau in those days or atnt we found that over the years that is waste of time for us because they don't want to deal with a small small company like us mm. and they would like to deal with accenture or ibm and mm. 
and have them provide their solution than getting a product from a company like us. Mm-hmm. So we found over the years that we cannot do everything for everybody. Mm. Okay. And then in that help desk product, there is our product called Boston. We have a lot of competition. Okay. And some of them, they cater to the enterprise customers like service now and everything, fresh service and Indian product. We compete with them also. So then we found that we don't want to keep on doing everything for everybody. So then we started focusing on industries. Mm. So we do well in the government sector. Mm-hmm. So we, we focused on that sector. We work with community banks, hospitals, so mm-hmm. we, and then school systems. So okay. there are about four or five sectors we focus on and do that. Even though there's heavy competition, mm. we try to do a good service, good products, and then also provide excellent customer service. So mm. we minimize the attrition. And of course, we get a lot of referral leads. And then, of course, we go to shows that are related to those industries and try to build it. Because surveying in a highly competitive industry is not easy. So unless you're focused and then otherwise, when you first started, we were all drawn all over. We went to so many things, spent a lot of money on different things, and found we are not getting anywhere. Mm. So once we started getting some few customers in some, some vertical, we started focusing on that. And uh, that seems to work better now. Still, we have a lot of competition. We still look as customers here and there, but we have been able to get have good retention customers. Wonderful. Yeah. The related thing is uh, mm-hmm. maybe what we may call a scaling. Mm-hmm. When you have one customer, when you're working on one product, when it's a small team, maybe number of issues that come up and things like that are all fairly manageable. Mm-hmm. As the customer base grows, as your team mm-hmm. grows, as mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you also now shifting towards the cloud as mm-hmm. technology changes and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can the team one be comfortable with handling scale and also stay current? Say so when we initially when we started, we were doing everything on premise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then about five years back, we moved into um start developing the cloud product and we kind of sunset our on-prem solutions. Mm. Okay. But I'll tell you, or uh, let's talk about the help desk product. Okay. It's on the cloud. We thought everybody will jump to the cloud and move everything, everything into the cloud, but mm. that did not happen. That's not mm. happening also. Oh. Many customers still want on-prem solution. Mm-hmm. So we continue to support our on-prem solution and we found it, it cannot skate and have the, all the capabilities what we have done on the cloud, the cloud is on new new technology, Ruby on Rails, JavaScripting, and everything, and Postgres database. So what we have done is we have made the same cloud product available on-premise. Oh. Because we have a lot of government customers, hospitals, mm-hmm. because of HIPAA complaint, they don't want to go to okay. the cloud. It is not an IT decision, it's a legal decision. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of them, they say, we don't want to have anything on the cloud because of, say, Secretary of State, mm-hmm. uh, one of our customers, Georgia. Mm-hmm. They, they cannot, they don't want to go to the cloud mm. because they, because of all the elections and everything, they want everything to be on-prem. So mm. there's several customers like that. There. So we decided to make that cloud product also on-premise. Mm. So when you asked me earlier, how do we keep competing? Because of this combination of uh, uh, options available for our customers, some customers, they, they don't have the same option somewhere, somewhere else. Mm. Okay. So they continue to uh, do that. So in terms of scaling, so we are already working on new technology. We continue to evolve it um, using 
whatever uh, the the on the on the cloud solutions we use the ruby on rails just use many of those and we use the amazon web services and um, mm -hmm. we use a lot of third party product that provide all the integrations and everything mm -hmm. so i think we are current on that we'll we'll continue to scale it as we go along uh, i don't think it'll drastically change but it'll, it'll continue to evolve mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. from where it is and in terms of scaling uh, the number of customers we have, we have, we have several several hundred customers using our products now mm. okay and we have scaled very well and thank god i, I would not say we never had single instance of the system being out for a long time other than occasional slowdowns here and there mm. but it has, it has done fairly well so that's giving giving us the confidence that we can do whatever we are doing and continue to do better mm. uh, yeah my question is more about the individual scaling see if i am supporting the help desk handling yeah. the 20 calls or 20 tickets or something per hour yeah. whatever volume yeah. Uh, is yeah. one thing one uh, say yeah. way of working and operating if i need to handle 200 uh, yeah i also need to be prepared to manage that kind of load or yeah. Yeah. i might have been an individual contributor now i need to work with maybe one more team member uh, yeah so any of those things from yeah. preparing the individuals to handle scale Yes, mm -hmm. technology yeah. as you explained it very nicely yeah again there again we have added several resources over the past years based on the the volume of um, mm. customers we had to handle volume mm. of customers we had to onboard so that's a constant change and constant not change constantly we had to look at how do we continue to add more resources more people so we 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 added about <clears throat> i would say for three or four support people in the last four months okay. uh, because we our, our business was growing so there's no other shortcut to it other than get them get, uh, get them trained get them onboarded and teach them the culture that we follow how do we support customers and everything so that takes time and if you get the wrong wrong person on any of the team that will spoil the whole thing so we and again getting people is not easy uh, nowadays especially mm. the the tech the, the tech shortage yeah uh, i'm sure all, all over the world especially in the, the quite, quite definitely in the us mm. so we had to really work hard to attract the right talent and uh, show them the right carrot and uh, growth opportunities to continue to grow but yes we, we, when we somebody comes on board we go through a rigorous one one month not necessarily classroom training but orientation mm -hmm. they don't get in get in front of customers but they will watch what all is being done and then okay. getting to that yeah so there's no we don't have a real classroom training session and those kind of thing but we just continue to do on the job but mm. giving them giving them the time to uh, come up to speed if we normally talk about a uh, no, software development uh, mm -hmm. compare it to a team sport mm -hmm. i think it is not something that is written by only one individual mm -hmm. like you said product management team may be there there may be people who are testing people who yeah. are developing customer support etc Mm -hmm. so do you have any you know tips or what you've learned in terms of forming these effective or what we may call as high performing teams uh, and forming them quickly because nobody has uh, infinite time well i cannot talk authentically about it because i'm not really involved in the day to day product development but i cause i meet them on a periodic basis online of course uh, and talk to them But that is handled by my product development director he 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 does it does it well so we follow all of the agile methodologies 
mm-hmm. keeping them motivated we give them quote so all the people get quarterly bonus based on how things mm-hmm. are being done so mm-hmm. of course that, that motivates them and um, especially some people working overseas we bring them to us okay uh, once in a while to Mm. uh me uh, have them meet the rest of the team some of the, even see we conduct user user conference every year so we bring them out the user conference they get to meet many of our customers talk to them and everything so that's we have to keep them motivated and um, that's very important because again for a product company uh, it's more important because it's not like if you're developing something for one year and then forgetting mm. it this is something so the knowledge they have is quite valuable and so when we lose any good developer it's a big loss for us Mm-hmm. we need to get somebody else and bring them up to speed so we try to our best to keep them motivated and happy because the knowledge 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 about the customer and the product everything is so critical right absolutely this whole yeah. knowledge management takes a different uh, scope yeah, yeah 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 so that's a big big risk in stuff i would say if a bunch of my the developers come and say i'm leaving it's, it's a big problem for us mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we try to do our best to keep them motivated it's been going well and they are very nice nice guys yeah okay nice see as we draw towards the end of our conversation mm. i normally like to ask tips from the guests mm. for you know careers of mm-hmm. two segments of people one people who are considering a career in it or people mm-hmm. who are probably in their mid career mm-hmm. i want to ask this slightly differently with you mm-hmm. um because you have been on let's say more on the entrepreneur side for a long time now mm-hmm. so if somebody who's in his or her mid career approaches you saying mm-hmm. that do i have a role in boss solutions mm-hmm. what are the qualities that you would be looking for and how can one probably prepare themselves or develop those are there, are some of those developable skills and of course for the people who are considering starting a career in it what would be your mm-hmm. guidance yes starting it and uh, in terms of um, finding the right one thing i, I would uh, suggest to anybody who is trying to transition into into it in the mid career so i'm assuming they don't have much of a it background right they are, they are starting starting new right is that, is that what your question is about uh, it, it could for... be that it could be people from yeah. the other domains wanting to come to it or even people who have been in it in mm. say a larger organization as an employee mm. and yeah. they want to get into a product company yeah one thing i felt of course you know i am in my 60s so people like us in this in this age group one thing i find people who are still continuing to do well when i say do well i mean being a hot commodity in the market that means they are still being sought after or people who have a lot of experience a lot of expertise in particular industry segments Mm-hmm. okay like supply chain mm-hmm. okay or maybe manufacturing there's so much knowledge doesn't matter what they do any programming or doesn't matter whatever they do their knowledge is so valuable so people who have a lot of domain expertise mm-hmm. okay they 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 can they can they can do it mm. they there are a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. okay but if you are just being a programmer one problem with which it is you cannot for 40 years keeping up with technology is not easy thing right mm. just change so much now but if you if you can successfully do it had done success, if you done that successfully that's also quite valuable mm. right but 
the people who find it difficult are people who are not doing doing more like a, i would say some kind of maintenance job or not really getting involved in being as an expert in an industry <laughs> they find it difficult to survive in the space for a long time hmm. because it's technology so the the best advice or the best advice i feel or the opinion i have about is if you are an industry expert in some any segment you can continue to do continue to do well no matter what mm-hmm. some people are working on what the uh, big data and those kind of things mm. and they are coming to that because they have been doing something very related to that over the years mm-hmm. and then because of the years of experience they have a lot of knowledge mm. I, i i have several good friends who are working on supply chain mm. they are still sort after very well because they have so much knowledge on, on that but they are not i don't know if they really do programming i don't know what exactly they do but they have so much knowledge mm. even in different products segments mm. they are they are still sort of because of the knowledge they have so okay. that's on that but somebody starting new i would say them um, um there is a lot of especially young, younger younger generation i think they should find an entry is much easier than the people of uh, my age or our our age group mm. right you cannot you cannot transition to totally something new at this mm-hmm. point but the the younger generation that the new the, the 20s and 30s they they have a lot of opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and also i feel the i think i pointed out something about um, our education background when we when i was doing engineering i told you about it i was wondering why i am learning just economics mm-hmm. but when i started my business i'll openly admit now i didn't really know much about accounting mm-hmm. okay i had to learn what what really balance sheet is i I'm, I'm, but I, i i learned it the hard way okay mm-hmm. but then younger generation kids they have so much exposure that their career is i i'm assuming i find it in the us i'm sure the same in india also they get a more balanced uh, curriculum mm-hmm. in their engineering or something so they are all exposed to different things so they have a they have a better better edge on getting into doing something new okay and and the one thing one more thing i will say is again uh, even the earlier point i talked about if you are a good sales person mm. if you are selling or pre sales okay you will continue to be in demand oh okay okay i remember uh, i told told you several earlier when we were all looking for jobs we were all looking for only rnd jobs you remember that <laughs> yeah. we want only rnd because we want our engineering skills to be used and we we, we ran away from sales mm-hmm. okay but if i look at it for me i am primarily a sales person for even though i am the ceo i am the sales person mm. for the company i still continue to go to trade shows mm-hmm. make presentations mm. try to convince customers with whatever skills i have to sell mm-hmm. so i feel if you can develop a uh, yeah industry expertise another i would say is sales or pre sales skills will continuously be in demand no matter what your age is mm. and i would suggest even the younger generation to get into pre sales and sales or marketing that's a good career path for them to get into that can be that will be quite valuable for a long time mm. that's my opinion mm. very nice yeah and also that's a very positive note to conclude this conversation there are some more things hope that now we'll be able to have you know further deeper dives into some of these things that are very interesting as a person who has gone through all these things and uh, feels happy about it and you know, that's yeah. a major thing okay thank 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 you for giving me this opportunity to share with it is very uh, nice to and it's a great thing you are doing i listen to some of your podcast is very encouraging motivating i saw some young kids to people of my age giving 
talk it was nice yeah, thanks that. thanks we thank siddharth for the music and anita for promoting the software people stories if you like this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network if you'd like to share your story contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com